Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Yes, indeedy duty it is, the WCHL Podcast, and I am the Commissioner, Christopher Perry. I'm the Commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and on the other end of the line is my very best friend in all the world. He's the uh, General Manager for the University of Oklahoma Hockey. He is the Head Pom-Pom Cheerleader for OU Hockey, and also the Lead Ice Technician Extraordinaire at the Blazers Ice Center. It's Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, say hello to the peeps. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Andrew, I got I to gotta tell you, we're sitting here doing this in my beautiful kitchen's podcast studio. <laughs> yep. And uh, the other person that lives in the house with me uh, made sure to let me know to turn the other way uh, because my voice <laughs> is booming and it interferes with her being able to watch NCIS, uh. MCIPD, Elve, Las Vegas, Miami, whatever silly, dumb FBI shows it is that she's watching right now. So I have a scenic view of the laundry room, and uh, but I'm coming at you live from the Kitchen Podcast Studio. Has she thought about making you sit in the car while you do this? <laughs> I think she's thought about having me sit in the car, period. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can come in for showers and that's it. <laughs> I don't even know about that. Maybe she'll just <laughs> turn the hose on and <laughs> say, go. "Go for it, buddy." <laughs> oh my gosh, Andrew, that's we've funny. had a we had a fun week of hockey, and yes, um, man, I'm telling you what, some uh, it set the table nicely for an upcoming exciting weekend of, of WCHL games. Let's hop right to it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's dive into it. All right. Let's start with some non-conference games that happened last week, and that was Colorado State going out to Illinois. Yep. And ooh, it, the first game, game one was ugly. Yeah, I don't think they listened to us last week. And <laughs> when we said, stay inside the dots there. You know, no, no. They, yeah, they, they took one on the chin for sure. What was it? Nine N- to one? Nine to final? one was the final on Friday night. Illinois scores four power play goals. They scored five goals in the third. Yeah, three of those being power plays themselves. Yeah, and they just yeah. came undone. It was, uh, it was uh, go, what, what's that? U G L Y. You yeah, ain't got yeah. no alibi. <laughs> it's you ugly. Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. That totally. game was they, ugly. Yeah, you know, and really before the power play goals started kicking in, it was a close game. It was let three to one. Yeah, but you know, had it. CSU but, got out shot two to one basically. I think shots yeah, were what 40, 44 to 22. Yeah, yeah something was, like that. Yeah, I mean it just came unglued at the hinges there, and you know, kind of I had you know I looked at the score sheets and I kind of had some questions. You know, I'm two two boarding penalties on CSU. I mean, what are the chances of taking two five minute majors for boarding in one game? You know, it's maybe questionable. I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so I can't. Can't speak too loudly on that, but I'm just, you know, looking at things. I'm like, yeah, that looks a little fishy. Right you think there. there was a little home cooking, perhaps? Maybe so. Maybe so. Just a little. I think there might have been a little home cooking. That's the way it goes at Illinois. And yep. not, not making an excuse or not saying I did watch uh, a lot of the games, both of them. 
And um, yeah, it, it just CSU was just having, I think, a difficult time playing on the uh, on the big pond. That's a big pond for it's sure. It's what 205 feet wa- uh, long and maybe 120 feet wide. Yeah, I think we looked it up. It's it's almost a square. Yeah, and uh, they had difficulty transitioning. Uh, they 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 had they were better on Saturday. That was a two to one loss. Um, Illinois beats CSU two to one. But uh, yeah, I think they also. I think CSU also, in addition to fighting Illinois and the pond, I think they also had to uh, deal with the officials. Yeah, and it seemed like as if uh, you know Illinois got the benefit of some uh, serious home cooking, and they tried to make the officials might have tried to make up for it in the second game with a, a major penalty against. Yeah, uh, yeah. Here we. Yeah. Here we go again, right? Major for boarding on Saturday. Yeah. Against Illinois, but still, you know the the thing that stuck out to me on Saturday. And it's really glaring. I mean, you're not going to win very many hockey games this way. Was the shot count right? It was 30, 36 to nothing in favor of U of I. And so they had zero shots on goal, but they had one goal for the game. So I mean, <laughs> no, they, yeah, they had two. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you what, it's they, <laughs> I Illinois. Illinois has got it going on, don't they? Man, they are they are rocking up there. And I was like, what? I was like, 36 to zero with one goal scored on zero shots. I, hmm. I, uh, I, I, I have that score sheet and, um, <laughs> I, I also got a, uh, there was a, a concerned person who happened to be on that trip who texted me and said, Hey, you know what? They're not accounting for power plays or anything like that either. So at least yeah, on the score yeah. sheet. So I'll, I might have to go back in and adjust those, but yeah, it's kind of yeah. glaring when the only stats taken are the Illinois shot totals. Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating, right? Cause then like when you have stuff like that going on, like in the WCHL, we pretty much stay on top of our stuff, right? Yeah, well, pretty much. Stuff's pretty accurate. You know, if you look at stats, I mean, you can pretty much count that it's going to be pretty dang close to 100%. And then you look at stats at a whole and you start looking at things and trying to look at teams and all that. And it's like, well, are those numbers really right? Or are they did somebody count zero shots on goal with no power plays one night? Or what's going on here? You know? Yep. Yep. Just so, kind of crazy. Well, Little, a little frustrating from our side of it, but a little frustrating. But it's also just testament to the, uh, you know, we've got some great teams here in the WCHL, and they do things the right way for the most part. I think all ten teams do, and um, yeah. you know, it's that's why it's so easy to uh, to work with them, and I think why the why the league is the best in the uh, in the ACHA because we yeah. don't do stupid things like only counting shots for one team. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, and I can't speak for the other nine. I know how we do things, and and I know we uh, send you a picture of the score sheet every night, and you enter it for us. But I know when I send that to you that you have full confidence that the information that's on that score sheet is right. You know, and it's you can input it and not look at it again. You know, and I think that's something to hang your hat on a little bit. You know what I mean? Yep. 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 I get I get lots of those pictures. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got lots of those. Trust. How, how about this, Andrew? I'm the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, also commissioner for the MCH, right? The B Conference. 16 teams right there. Uh, today, I got, um, I had three score sheets texted to me to put into the system a women's one game, <laughs> and then two men's two games from like October. Oh, geez. Yeah, from a from a team that will uh, that will remain nameless, but uh, need some help. So it's it's good to help people out. But yeah, we do it the right yeah. way, and yeah, totally. I, I think that's why why people tend to look at us to uh, to help them out. 
So, yeah. hey, anyways, Colorado State goes to Illinois. Do you know what, Andrew, do you know what the University of Illinois is, or I shouldn't say university, what Champaign, Illinois is known for? Not Champaign. No, no, not Champaign. No. <laughs> I think that's where the founder of Jimmy John's went to school, and I think that's where his, uh, really? yeah, I think that's where his, his home base is. Really? Damn good, I, damn good sandwiches, or what? No, freaky fast sandwiches. That's what they're freaky called. Fa- I, yeah. I actually had a freaky fast sandwich for lunch today. Did you really? I did. Yeah. I sure did. Well, there you go. See, so uh, I, I know that uh, a lot of people that that know me from my general manager days, they they probably groan when they hear Jimmy John's because that was one of my go tos for uh, feeding yep. kids. Yep. And right here it is, Jimmy John's headquarters, Champaign, Illinois. Yeah. See, there you go. I wonder if they. Now they've got some other issues. I know some some social, you know, issues. Jimmy John's. I don't want to get into those, and because honestly, I don't know much about them other than they have them. But uh, yeah, good sandwiches. I wonder if you, if you're an Illinois student, if you get really sick of Jimmy John's, if you're like pining for a Jersey Mike's or a Subway or something. Well, here it is, right here. I'm reading. I'm studying up on our favorite favorite Jimmy John's, yeah. and uh, they're being purchased by their parent corporation, who owns Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, geez. So. Now they're going to be based out of Atlanta. Well, hey, can't go wrong with B-dubs. Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, hey, how about this? Thursday B-dubs, buy one, get one boneless wings. I would have to, it would have to be buy one and get 200 wings free before mm. I'd go there. Oh, come on. And their cheese curds uh, are great, too. Oh, God. I'm if telling you. Anything, if you eat anything with the name curd in it. I mean, oh. you're, 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 you're just, you're just, uh, not cultured, but that's fine. Hey, um, <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking, oh, all right. Speaking of that, we got to take a pause here for a oh, second. God. We need to, we have conference games to talk about, Andrew. My wife, just so you know, my lovely wife, Uh-oh. we were, I was talking to her about the podcast last yeah. week. <laughs> yes. Are she, is she a listener? Is she one of our 12 she, listeners? She informed me. That I was more, if we were going to compare you and I, because <laughs> I we were talking about you going to the plays and having the season tickets to the plays and all of that. Yes. Pinkies up. I She informed me, because I, I may or may not have been making fun of you. The, uh, <laughs> I was informed that I, as a person, would be more compared to a Pabst Blue Ribbon, a PBR, while... While you and her would be more classified and compared to a fine wine or a fine bottle of champagne. Oh, my gosh. And I just, you know, I really took exception to that. So. <laughs> well, uh, Andrew, I yes, I take exception <laughs> to that. Um, right. Because call me, a, call me a can of PBR. I your, mean, come on. Your, your wife, I would think, would be uh, obviously a, a glass of fine wine, as, as is my wife. Um, I would like to think I'm closer to a fat tire, kind of a snooty, <laughs> snooty craft beer type. Yeah. And well, Andrew, you know, maybe old Milwaukee. I don't know if PBR, you know, you know I mean, natty light. I was, I, I was really offended that she told me that I was, I, she would compare me to a can of PBR. <laughs> I was like, you know, blue it, ribbon. that's what we're going to uh, call you for now. We're going to change this name of the podcast to the PBR uh, podcast. I told her, I was like, at least I'm a Coors Light. I mean, come on now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, so back to our regular scheduled programming. <laughs> All right. We're going gonna, gonna, to gonna incorporate that into your intro now, the PBR of, of the WCHL. Oh, Lord. Andrew, we had some fun. Uh, we had four uh, series in the WCHL. Arizona State traveled across town to go take on Grand Canyon at Arizona yes, Ice Arcadia. Did. 
Arizona State comes away with two wins, but they're both shootout wins. Both shootout wins. They scored some goals this weekend, though, that's for sure. That they did. 5-4 to four was the final score on Friday night, and they won the shootout in four rounds, one to nothing. And then on Saturday night, the game was, it was a wild affair, uh, yes. the game, and then it became even wilder after the game. <laughs> yes, it did. But it was 7-6. Yes, to six. Arizona State scores the, uh, uh, they win in the shootout in four rounds again, 2-1. to one. I tell you, the, you know, the Friday night game, you know, it was, it was a little spirited with the uh, penalties, you know, a lot of roughings and trippings and slashings and stuff, a lot of, a lot of the good stuff. Yep. You know, and close on the scoreboard, right? You know, 48-40 were the shots in favor of ASU. But man, Saturday, how about how about Saturday's game? Well, hey, let let's let's not let's not pass on Friday because Friday was crazy. Grand Canyon scores with like a minute 40 to go in the game. It's a 3-3 game. No, yeah, it's a 3-3 game. They Grand Canyon scores on the power play yep. with like a minute 40 to go in the game and I mean Grand Canyon is celebrating. They had a decent crowd, and when I say decent, you know, 200, 250 people in, yep. in a little, you know, in a little band box of an arena. Goes a long way. It goes, it went a long way, and there's probably another, I don't know, 100 or people or so there from ASU. I could be wrong, but I mean, it was a, it was a good crowd for a very small arena. They GCU scores and the place goes bonkers. GCU's jumping up, celebrating. They score with a minute and forty seconds to go in the game. Arizona State's, you know, dejected. It's the first game under uh, new head coach Austin Klein. You can just see in their body language that oh, we gave it up. Oh, you know, we're going to lose this game late. And I'm telling you what, Andrew. After they win the faceoff, they pull the goaltender and they score. Boom. Arizona State yeah. scores with right, like almost right at the minute with one minute to go in the game. They pull the goaltender. Yeah, fifty-four seconds to go, right? And they that place, the other side of the place goes bonkers. <laughs> Just went bonkers. Yep. And uh, you know, then the shootout happened, and Arizona State uh, ends up uh, scoring. They 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 scored on the uh, on the last shooter. Arizona yep. Grand Canyon shot first, and so Arizona's they they got zero for four on their shots. And Grand Canyon, I mean uh, Arizona State's fourth shooter, Brendan Studioso, wins it and shuts the crowd up. And uh, so Friday night was just bonkers. And then yeah, Saturday, holy smokes, man! Saturday, what a what a game. I just tell you, give me more of this action, right? <laughs> no, Saturday. Saturday <laughs> no. In fact, we have here. You you sent this to me. I'm going to see if I can't do this right without. Sa- Saturday can be best summed up. Let's see if I've got this. I hope I have this turned up right because I'm going to screw this up. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. There you go. We did this just for the Grand Canyon Arizona State game on Friday. It reminded you of. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. <laughs> there you go. Five there minutes each go. for fighting. Yes. West Ma- McCauley. I'm telling you what, Andrew. A seven to six shootout victory for Arizona State. Arizona State this time, Grand Canyon made Arizona State shoot first, and yep. um, they scored. Uh, it was one to one after one round. Arizona State comes down in. Uh, in uh, scores in the fourth shooter, Grand Canyon's fourth shooter gets stuffed, and Arizona State wins the game seven to six, and then all hell broke loose. Man, how about that? But I mean, what a game! Even before the overtime period, right? I mean, just just getting to overtime was was fun to watch. Yeah, um, 
I mean, Grand Canyon, they, they were down one nothing um, going into the second period, and then Grand Canyon comes out in the second and scores four goals. Yep. And then and then I'll be damned if Arizona State doesn't turn around and come out in the third period, and they scored four goals. I mean. It was back and forth, a, a seesaw what affair. A, what a game. What a game. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, Grand Canyon went four of seven on the power play. I mean, what a game. Give me more of that action, you know. Give me more of that, you know. Yeah. That was exciting. Yeah. And then, uh, in, in fact, I can tell you that the, um, uh, well, wait a second here. I'm looking at the, uh, at the, at the score sheet. I don't know. I guess something happened there on the score sheet, but, uh, yeah. Number 22 from Arizona state, um, Braden Shaw decided once the game was over, he decided to, uh, skate. Remember in the shootout, they were at the other ends of the, uh, ice. Yeah. They, yeah. They switch ends, right? Yeah. So he skated, uh, into, if you will, the Grand Canyon defensive zone. Uh, over to the glass to, I don't know if he was waving goodbye to the fans or, you know, saying hello to a relative or something. The Grand Canyon guys took exception to that. And then all of a sudden it was on Andrew. There was, <laughs> it was, it was just a huge schmoz. And nice. yeah. And we had, uh, we had a bunch of guys get, uh, tossed. There was just, you know, it was just a, a line brawl is being kind. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was ugly and it was not good. Yeah. With there were three guys from Arizona State and uh, yep. two guys from Grand Canyon that were uh, uh, got DQ penalties. And I think the score sheet shows that three guys from Grand Canyon, but the score sheet I I actually saw only had only two had the, on there. Only had the two. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, eight twenty two and twenty four for Arizona State and fifty nine and sixteen for uh, for Grand Canyon. I don't know if. Uh, it looks here it says twenty nine got another one, but uh, for Green Canyon. But I the score sheet I saw only had sixteen and uh, fifty nine on it. Anyways, oh. uh, <laughs> it, it was it was ugly. And oh. Andrew, I, I mean, it's it's we look at this thing and we laugh and we giggle and we play West Macaulay and say, ah, oh, five minutes fighting. Yeah, yeah. But is it, the, while, it, is, while it was going on, yeah, as the commissioner. I'm sitting there thinking, wait, the game is over. You've literally played 65 minutes. You've gone through a shootout, and um, it was just—I thought it was just unnecessary. And so yeah. I'm, uh, you know, the, all those guys are are out, and they're out for the next game. Uh, Eight twenty-two and twenty-four for Arizona State have to sit out their first game against Arizona. Grand Canyon's going to have to sit out. I think they play—I um, don't know—I think they might play Utah next, or yeah, I guess we'll yeah, find Grand out. Yeah, Grand Canyon, Utah. Yep. It's something like that, I think. I don't know. Here, I'll have to look. But, uh, yeah, they play at Utah in a couple of weeks. And so, uh, anyways, and, and Andrew, the scariest thing was um, Grand Canyon's number six was uh, was involved in all this. I mean, it, three kids for Arizona State, two for Grand Canyon got penalties. But trust me, yeah. it was <laughs> like a there were, there were ten other guys from each team that could have yeah. easily got those same penalties. But Arizona uh, Grand Canyon's number six um, was on their recipient of a like a body slam to the ice. Ugh. His head did a little basketball impression off the ice. Yeah, that's what you worry about, right? And then he ate a few shots while he was on the ice. And uh, the you know the officials come over to break it up, and, and it's just a pig pile of of people on top. And uh, poor number six, he gets up, he skates over, he starts to skate towards the. Um, Towards the exit, and damned if the kid didn't collapse 
on the no ice. Way. Yeah. And it was scary, scary, scary. I mean, I'm sitting there looking and, you know, hoping like heck that the kid is, uh, is okay. He eventually, I mean, it was long, Andrew. It probably took wow. five, maybe 10 minutes. Really? Yeah. For the kid to, uh, for, you know, for, for before it took him a good five minutes before he, he even sat up. Really? And I mean, it was, it was scary, scary, scary. His name is Braden Husby. And, um, I just hope that number six, uh, I was texting with, uh, the Grand Canyon coach hoping that he was okay because, uh, it was ugly, 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 ugly. And let's, I hope we never have that again. And, yep. um, but wow. I mean, what an exciting way to, uh, not, I shouldn't say exciting. It was a disappointing way to end an exciting weekend of games at yes, Arizona yeah. Ice Arcadia. Cause, yeah, because those are two exciting games, right? Back and forth action. Well, and I get it why Grand Canyon is frustrated, right? Because, heck, they just they lost in a shootout the week before to Arizona. They lost in overtime to uh, – no, they beat Jamestown in overtime. Yep. And, um, yep. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they went to overtime both these times against a crosstown rival and lose. Yes, they've been so close, right? Yeah, I mean, it just – I, I get it that they're frustrated, but that's yeah. still no reason to. Uh, uh, anyways, it, what a, what a what a schmoz that was. Yeah, the, yes. being the commissioner was not fun on Saturday night. So. <laughs> I hear you on that one. All right, hey, the next games. Uh, well, hey, let's just get to your games. You went up to Oklahoma, went up to Missouri State to take on the Ice Bears at the Jordan Valley Ice Park, and. It turned out to be a Missouri State sweep. It did. It did. Five to two was the final score on Friday night. Three to one was the final score on uh, Saturday. What do you think? What do you think happened there? What do you got for us? I'm just going to say on Friday night, the second period was a backbreaker. You know, they gave up two goals in what, 30, 40 seconds apart. And then then came down another five minutes and then gave up another two goals in about eight seconds back to back. So, I mean, it, yeah, was, it was zero, zero. Yep. It was 0-0 zero, zero after the first period, and you're like, ooh, hey, we got ourselves a ball game here. Yep, and then boom, all of a sudden. Yeah, the, the, the walls came tumbling down on Oklahoma, and before you blinked, it went from zip-zip to four-zip. And like you said, what, I think they scored two goals in, what did you say, eight seconds it was? Yeah, the, the third and fourth goal were eight seconds apart. Insane. I mean, just yeah. absolutely insane. So uh, five to two is the score Friday night. Yep. And then uh, the next night it got a little bit better. It was, uh, you know, three to one. The the thing that that stood out to me, Andrew, is uh, the the shot differential. Um, you know, the shots Oklahoma got outshot by twenty goals on. I mean, by twenty shots on Friday night. Yeah. And um, gave up a couple of power play goals. Yep. Gave up some yep. power play opportunities. You know. And yeah. Then, well. Uh, yeah. The. And you know the thing we we squawk about all the time around here is power play production, right? And especially in tight games, this was a three to one game, and Oklahoma goes zero for five on the power play. So I mean that's that's opportunity just wasted right there, right? Yeah, that's on Saturday. They actually scored two goals on the on power play on Friday night, which uh, was good to their credit. Yep. But yep. Um, yeah, on Saturday it was a little bit tighter affair. Shots were a little bit more even, and yep. it was a, a much better game. Um, Arizona, I mean, uh, Missouri State comes through with two last-minute third-period goals, and uh, surprisingly, one of them, I, I had to go back and rewind it to make sure it wasn't an empty net goal, but um, yeah, it was pretty close. Three to one is a much better, it's it's all, just looking at these scores, it's almost as if uh, teams play better on Saturday than they do on Friday. I know, right? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. 
So Missouri State, um, Missouri State gets the sweep over Andrews Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, out in the desert, we had uh, uh, a game. UNLV number four goes down to Tucson to take on number fifteen Arizona. And uh, that was kind of a wild affair. Yes, it was. Yes, on it was. Uh, Friday night, a four to three overtime win for UNLV, and it was only um, exciting because, <laughs> at least from my person, I shouldn't say only exciting, but one of the main things of the excitement there was we had a coach that got ejected. Uh, that's always that's always fun. Yeah, with a, as, long as, it, as long as it's not you, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, with like a minute and forty seconds, minute forty-five, I think it was, to uh, to go in the game. The officials apparently had had enough of Coach Chad Berman <laughs> and uh, asked him to please exit the facility. <laughs> and so he did, um, which is I'm kind sure of surprising. He, I'm sure he went quietly into the night, right? At the time, <laughs> Arizona was down. Uh, three to two in a minute to go in the game and they were already on the uh so with coach Berman getting ejected um that put arizona on a three on they were down two men it was a five on three for unlv and with a minute 45 to go in the game and holy crap ola bars guess who scores a shorthanded goal five (laughs) on three well, the boys got inspired. Their coach just got kicked out for him, and yeah, the boys didn't want to let him down, right? I'm telling you what, if you have a chance to go back and watch the game, and, and I'm not saying go back and watch the full game, it's on YouTube. If you have a chance to go watch the game, fast forward to like a minute and 45 to go, get to see Coach Berman walk off. As soon as he gets off the ice, he takes his coat off, and then when they score, it was Matthew Hole scores the, uh, I thought it was Matthew Hole. I think they gave it to... Uh, to Brody Selman. The, the reality is it was Sel- 20 Selman was trying to pass it. It was a two-on-one um, yeah. uh, odd man rush on a five-on-three. Imagine that. Selman tries to pass it to 13 hole, and um, it ends up going off a UNLV stick into yeah, the UNLV net. Pops it in. Pops it in. Uh, Arizona ties it up They're with a two-man shorthanded goal. <laughs> and the best part of it is watching Coach Berman in the corner of the camera. He is going bonkers, <laughs> jumping up and down, banging on the glass, whipping yeah. his jacket above his head up in the air. <laughs> I mean, whole, he was – You could. I mean, we always knew that there was a whole lot of passion going on there. Yeah. Uh, but if you doubted – yeah. Got him on full display there. Full, full and honest display. The guy wears his emotions literally on his sleeve. Ah, good for him. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you know, forces overtime. And then UNLV breaks everybody's hearts and scores with a, you yeah. know, a minute or so into the game and takes the game. And then, uh, yeah, the next night, or, yeah, the next night uh, down in Tucson, uh, UNLV just does the same thing. Uh, they win five to three. This time it doesn't yep. go to overtime, but they just break everybody's hearts. Yeah, late late goal, right? Late goals, late power play goals, and um, you know UNLV is very very talented, very very talented. Yep. yep. So no, no doubt, right? No, yeah. Nope. But uh, and they put it on full display. They took care of uh, you know that that game goes in the first game Friday night goes in as a tie. The second game yep. goes in as a five to three win. And um, so the Skate and Rebels come out with a with two big dubs. I think that makes fifteen or sixteen in a row that they've won. Well, I was going to say there. I thought they were right there with Central Oklahoma for a win streak going on. It could be, could be. Yeah, I know that they're. Uh, I got a phone call from a student journalist who was. 
inquiring about, you know, how long, what's the, what are the ACHA records? What are the conference records? And yeah, I had to remind them that well, 16 games is very, very, very impressive. You know, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, but uh, keep on working. Yeah, there's, you know, there was a team back in uh, 10 years ago, longer now, geez, it was 2008. Uh, yep. They won 38 in a row. They went undefeated, and then they won the first 10 games of the next season. So the longest streak that I'm, I'm aware of is 48, and that was Illinois. The team That was when Illinois was competent in terms of on and off the ice. Now they're just yeah. good on the ice, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, whoops, did I say putting that? It, um, putting it nicely, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's hope Vegas can uh, can keep on doing what they're doing, especially this yep. week with playing non-conference games. But they took care of uh, went down to Tucson, exacted a little revenge. Arizona is the I think they're the only team to beat um, UNLV in At home. Las Vegas this year. Yep, I think you're right. Yeah, so uh, probably you know Vegas had a little bit of uh, motivation. And uh, they they took care of business. All right, and hey, the last uh, the the last series was up in uh, Boulder, Colorado. The Central Oklahoma Broncos skated up there to uh, take on the Buffs of CU. And those games were seven to two and five to two. UCO wins. And uh, I, I don't have an awful lot to report other than to say, um, you know, UCO just went about their business and took care yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, Colorado, the game, the both games were supposed to start at seven o'clock Mountain Time, and for some reason, especially the Friday night game, it got boot, moved all the way back. For some reason, I still don't know why, to like eight thirty, eight forty-five Mountain Time. Oh, that's yeah. more of a just a seven-ish start, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's a little <laughs> bit more than a than a seven-ish for sure. Oh, yeah. And then the uh, the yeah the Saturday night game was also uh, delayed a little bit. Um, so they were not seven. Yeah, they were definitely not seven ish. The thing that stood yeah. out to me here, Andrew, for, for these games, other than just UCO doing what UCO does, our buddy, uh, Mikhailov, uh, for UCO, I think he got himself a hat trick on Friday night. Yep. He sure did. And, uh, he scored, I think he scored another goal or two on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah. 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 Four, four goals on the weekend. But the crazy thing I thought there were three shorthanded goals scored in that series two by uco and one by colorado and i'm like well wait we ought to decline yeah, those penalties yeah what's going on here yeah i mean that's the thing that stuck out to me on friday right was the hot start right off the get-go with the uh shorthanded goal i mean that that gets things going in, in a hurry right yep it did it did indeed now uco had a it was like zero zero after after the first period in one of those games might have been the the friday night game no, uh, uh, this the Saturday, Saturday game. Yeah, Saturday was zero zero after the first. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, it was three to nothing after one on the Friday night game. And the only reason I know that is because the broadcast was down on Friday night. The uh, UCO folks they brought their broadcaster with them. Um, actually, it was the parent of uh, one of the goaltenders. Yep, and he couldn't get it going on Friday night until, and then Colorado finally got their their feed going, but only for like. Ten minutes in the third period. Yeah, it makes you it makes you wonder because that's kind of a crapshoot up there, right? With them, is it is it internet connection? No, nope. just bad bad juju in the building. No, nope. what what is it? Hundred percent organization off the ice. Hundred percent organization off the ice. So yeah. uh, I think if they were to plan it and give it some thought, as opposed to just trying to figure it out once they get there, 
um, it'd be a little bit better. They've we come on. We've talked about it in the past. They've put on some great broadcasts before. Yes, they have. Yes, and they have. You know, we we made fun of that little Venmo intermission thing that that one kid <laughs> was able to put up. That's awesome. That was pretty <laughs> slick. We need to figure out a way to do that here on this podcast. I know, right? And uh, anyways, the. Uh, um, uh, so I, I, and it, UCOs was able to get their broadcast up and going on Saturday. So that was good to see. Uh, and it was the goaltender, it was the father of goaltender, Doug Wakeland, their new goalie. And so, uh, props to him for, you know, getting the game up there and getting it going and, uh, yeah. at least yeah. on the broadcast and, uh, yeah. Hey, so UCO wins seven to two and five to two. And that really does affect an awful lot of the uh, uh, WCHL standings, and it sets up a huge, huge, huge matchup coming up. Yep, it sure does. Central Oklahoma is now in the lead in the Western Collegiate Hockey League standings. They have a 42-point, they've won 42 of 48 points. They've only lost two games. Uh, They're 14-2 on the season in conference out of 16 games. That's just wild. That's impressive. Missouri State is almost right on their heels. They have 40 points. Um, they're in second place. They're 13-2-1 in the in the season. That one is an overtime loss or a shootout loss. And that was what they just uh, gave up a couple of weeks ago to Colorado. And uh, then Nevada Las Vegas is in third place with 36 points. Arizona with, has four as they're in fourth place with 31 points. Then it comes Arizona State with 19 points, Utah with 18, Colorado 15. They're tied with Grand Canyon, and Colorado State and Oklahoma are 9 and 10 in the uh, conference standings. I think uh, this past week with the two losses to UNLV, Arizona has officially been eliminated from the WCHL conference uh, race. So it's now a three-horse race between Nevada, Las Vegas, Missouri State, and Central Oklahoma. And which means we're going to have a new uh, conference champion this year since Arizona nothing, is the defending two-time champion. Nothing wrong with that, right? Well, not if you're an Arizona fan. If you're an Arizona fan, there's a lot <laughs> wrong with that. Come on. Well, uh, we, we, like, we like newbies around here. Time to, time to change it up a little bit. Nevada, Las Vegas, Missouri State, and Central Oklahoma. All right. So that's, uh, that's where things are. All three teams have played 16 games. They have four games remaining. And... Central Oklahoma has a six-point lead on Nevada, Las Vegas, and a two-point lead on Missouri State. And like I said, we have a big, big, big matchup coming up. Andrew, what do you say we talk about it after we hear a horn and a little bit of, uh, who do you want to listen to, Letterkenny or Samuel L. Jackson? Let's go a little Letterkenny this time. little Letterkenny. Here we go. Hold on. All right, we got time for a few questions here. We got a plane to catch. Johnny, another tough loss for the club. Fans throwing their jerseys on the ice. Tell us what went wrong out there. We got to have four lines banging, banging bodies all night long, uh, getting pucks out, keeping it simple. Mike, this loss puts you guys in the last place in the West. The coach's job is on the line. What's the solution here? Well, you know, we can start by staying out of the box. We'll play a discipline game out there, pretty simple stuff. Uh, but we're frustrated here right now. We're frustrated bunch. Uh, you know, it's too bad that uh, that someone's got to wear it, and it's usually the coach. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's up to uh, the guys in this room to uh, get pucks deep, get pucks in the net, and uh, win some hockey games. Johnny, you were recently photographed in a Florida strip club snorting cocaine off uh, transvestite prostitutes' breasts. What's the story there? Four lines. Four lines. Four lines of cocaine? You gotta have, like I said, four lines banging all night long, banging bodies. Doing the little things right. Mike, where does your, um, this is off topic, I know, but uh, where does your sexual preference tends towards men? Um, would you like to speak to that? Oh, you can't always be in the box, you know. 
can't spend all your time in the box. It's like I said, uh, you know, this game is all about uh, finding those holes one way or another. You know, finding those pockets out there. So, you know, we got to uh, just keep working hard, get uh, get pucks deep, get pucks in the net, and uh, you know, win some hockey games. Johnny, true, you admitted yourself to a Colorado hospital with a gerbil inside your anal cavity. Well, you got to get it out right. Uh, you got to clear your own zone. Uh, you get in trouble. You got to get those pucks high, hard off the glass. Mike, rumor is that there's a sexually transmitted fungal infection going on amongst the coaching staff. Who's to blame for that? Ultimately, it's on the players. Uh, ultimately, it's on the guys in this room. It's where it starts. Uh, it's like I said, you know, it's too bad that somebody's got to wear it. It's usually the coach. But, uh, you know, we got a good group of guys in this room, a group of guys who likes to bounce back after something like that. So, uh, you know, ultimately, it's on the players to uh, get pucks deep. Get pucks deep. Get pucks to the net. Get pucks to the net. And, uh, you win some hockey games. Thanks, Mike. You bet. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey, Andrew. <laughs> let's do it. All righty. Rankings came out yesterday. We're doing this on Thursday night, and uh, rankings came out yesterday. It's ranking number 14. We've only got like three or four more to go before uh, the field for nationals is set. Six WCHL teams are in the top 25. Nevada, Las Vegas is number four. Central is number seven. Missouri State, number nine. Arizona, number 16. Utah, number 18. And Arizona State is 24. The other four teams in the Western Collegiate Hockey League are just hanging right outside. Grand Canyon is 28. Colorado, 30. Oklahoma, 35. And Colorado State, number 38. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, you could potentially have... What, nine teams in the top 25 by the end of this thing? Potentially, potentially. I mean, that's, you know, it's going to take an awful lot for uh, the 30s to move up five spots, but uh, the potential is definitely there. It's it's there, right? It it can be done. It can be done, and yeah. So with uh, I mean three uh three Nevada, Las Vegas, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State, three of the top ten teams, and then six of the top twenty five teams. I think that's a, a pretty fair representation for the uh, for the conference. Not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. And uh, that sets up a fun little nationals preview. Let's just roll through it really, really quick. Okay. And um, because and we'll, we'll just do this as, as we get on to uh, as we get on through the through the season. But Andrew, here are the matchups. If we play, if we were to play Nationals right now, are you ready? I'm ready. Number eight and number nine would face off. That would be Stony Brook versus Missouri State. That'd be that'd be Come a little on. tussle. That's tasty right there. That'd be that'd be great. Seven ten would be Central Oklahoma Indiana Tech. There's another tasty matchup. Yep, I like that one. Six eleven is Adrian Illinois. Yeah, yeah we'd all be Adrian fans for a night, wouldn't we? Yep, yeah, they can have it. Yep, number five uh, twelve. The five twelve matchup would be Iowa State versus Jamestown. Go Jamestown. <laughs> Nevada Las Vegas would get the winner of number thirteen Maryville and number twenty William Patterson. Oh. Uh-huh. Come on, Maryville, and come on, UNLV. There right? you go. Number yes. number three, Liberty, would get the winner of Pittsburgh, number 14, and number 19, Niagara. Eh. Yeah, I know. Liberty would just waste whoever it is that they play. Uh, Minot State, number two, would get the winner of Ohio versus Utah. How about that for a first-round matchup? Ohio versus mm. Utah. I like the Ohio-Utah. Go Utah, right? Absolutely. Western Collegiate Hockey League. And then finally, Lindenwood, number one, would get the winner of number 16, Arizona, and number 17, Michigan-Dearborn. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not not as... 
I'm not a big Dearborn guy, so. But those are, that's a lot of tasty matchups right there. Yeah, Arizona, yeah. Michigan, Dearborn, Ohio, Utah, just involving the WCHL. Nevada, Las Vegas against the winner of Maryville or William Patterson, probably Maryville. Nevada, so UNLV versus Maryville. Central Oklahoma, Indiana Tech, and Stony Brook, Missouri State. I mean, five, number one, we'd have five of the five of the 20 teams, which would be great. I mean, that's 25% of the field right there. Yep. And then uh, all those games, we would have non-conference matchups, and they're great. I mean, who doesn't want to beat U, uh, 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 Ohio? Utah would oh. want to beat Ohio. Who doesn't want to yes. take on a Michigan-Dearborn with a chance to beat Lindenwood? Right? Who yeah, doesn't want to... Yeah, Nevada, Las Vegas takes on Maryville, William Patterson, Central yeah, Oklahoma hey. with Indiana Tech, Missouri State. Missouri State always plays great games at nationals. Yep. Right. Yep. Who did they have last year? Ohio. The year two years before that, it was Adrian. And yeah, who did they down in Frisco? Who did they just? I mean, we called it the team of the tournament. It was Adrian. Was it Adrian that they went right down to the wire with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here they'd be playing Stony Brook. Yeah. I mean, that's those are just some great matchups. So uh, it's crazy because these matchups are better than last week, right? <laughs> they're a lot better than last week. Last they, week uh, stunk. Yeah. I mean, it's just I mean, that's crazy, right? Just a few little moving pieces, and it totally changes the outlook of it. Well, I wish we could freeze things right now. What's the what, stop the count? Stop the count. Yep. I wish we could do yep. it right now because that would be just a one heck of a nationals series and nationals matchups. Nationals, those would be some great matchups. Now you don't think there would be any uh, fifteen to one games in this field here? Oh, there might be. There might be. I'm hopefully <laughs> hopefully Utah would beat Ohio fifteen to one, and hopefully yeah. Maryville uh, from the B conference would beat William Patterson a hundred to nothing. Um, but yeah, I think you know Liberty playing Pittsburgh Niagara that'll be ugly. Um, you know, uh, I think hopefully you know Jamestown will uh, hopefully Adrian over Illinois will be ugly. So, who? Uh, wh- all right, which team is it that can't play on Sundays? Um, that team is Calvin, 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 yes. and Calvin is not going to make close. the national tournament. No, in fact, All here, right, you good. know, while we're, while we're sitting here talking, I'm going to look and <laughs> just because I know how much this really bothers you. <laughs> there's a team, there's a team in men's division one that cannot play on Sundays due to, uh, their school's religious um, uh, preferences. It's a it's Calvin College out of out of uh, uh, Michigan. I, th- yep. I forget where in Michigan they are. Um, doesn't matter. They're out of Michigan. And uh, so, anyways, they they moved up from men's division two. No, from men's three to men's division one. And um, anyways, it was only after they moved up did they uh, reveal that. Oh, hey, we've got this prohibition against playing games on Sunday. And we're like, well, wait a second. Our ACHA yeah. men's one quarterfinals are on Sunday. Yeah, hey, so you're going right. to have to make a choice. And uh, you know, your choice is either to uh, show up and forfeit, um, or show, well, they can show up and play, or they can not show up and forfeit. Or um, you know, we we came to a, a terrible um, uh, alternative for you know the previous for the first couple of seasons, and it was to play the game on Sunday night at midnight. Yeah, because it's going to be Lindenwood playing at midnight. <laughs> But uh, luckily for us, Calvin right now is ranked 47th in the uh, in the conference. And, I mean, in the uh, computer rankings, and that's 47 out of 68. So they're not going to sniff nationals. Eh, we don't have them. to worry about it. Good for them. 
All right, Andrew, let's get to it. We got some uh, games and predictions, and then we have some listener questions we got to talk about. Well, let's let's get her going. Put your prediction hat on. Let's do it right now as we speak. Arizona State and Arizona are playing. They're playing on a Thursday-Saturday affair. These are non-conference games because they play so many times. Yep. So tell me, Andrew. In, in Andrew, I'm gonna. It's we're in the second period. Arizona State's up four to one. So uh, th- there's a little bit of a hint, a little bit of what do you think is going to happen tonight? What do you think is going to happen Saturday? All right. What'd you say? Arizona State's up four nothing. Four to one. With four to one. Five minutes to go in the second period. Oh boy. Well, you know, so uh, that I'm going to change my prediction here. <laughs> last minute information. <laughs> yeah, last minute information. I'm changing my mind here. The uh, yeah, I'm going to call this a split. <laughs> I am changing it up here. I'm going split now. So Changing on the fly. So you're going to say U of A is going to get them on Saturday afternoon. Yep, I think so. All right. UNLV, number four in the nation, travels to number three, Liberty. That's they, a big trip. They had, Well, yeah, it is. They had a big travel day today. They went from uh, Nevada, Las Vegas to Denver to Richmond, Virginia, and then they're, I think they're going to hitchhike from Richmond to Lynchburg. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know how they're getting there, but uh, yeah, if you're hitchhiking, hitchhiking, watch out for all the uh, fighting Falwells out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, speaking of liberty, there was a great uh, there was a great article about uh, uh, the former president of Liberty University in the most recent Vanity Fair. You can find you can find it on online. It's it's a pretty good little read. Oh, I some, can only imagine some revisionist history going on there. <laughs> I can only imagine these two teams met earlier in the year at uh, Chicago. They played in the championship game, I believe, of the Chicago Classic, and UNLV came away with a two to one win. So these are two games out there in uh, Mayberry RFD. It's uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. Mm. How do you think these games are going to go? Number three versus number four. Uh, well, yeah, I think these will be two tight games. I think it's going to be a split at the end of it. The, uh, but I think we'll see two monster games out there for sure. I hope you're right. The nice thing is Liberty puts on, if there's one thing Liberty can do right, and, and you know they can do a lot of stuff right, but... The two things that the Liberty University and the uh, Thomas Road Baptist Church that it's associated with in Jerry Falwell, that they're uh, excellent, excellent is uh, bringing in cash and putting on a stellar TV production. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, that's what they do on Sundays, right? So why, why, does yeah. it, why can't why they it, do that on Friday and Saturday it, nights on for the hockey? Why change, right? Yeah. Yeah, now, now do you still go by the rule? The first fight is free out there. You know, it's been uh, probably ten years since I've been out there, uh, so maybe the referees are a little bit different. But that's the way it used to be. <laughs> that's the way it used to be. <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna. I'm, if we watch those games, and again, they're going to be in ultra high def. Liberty spares no expense. They have great production. Um, so they they're going to have you know the you know Zoom four thousand HD camera. Um, where you can see, you know, the freckles on the moon. They're going to be broadcasting <laughs> these games uh, live and in person. So I'm sure we'll we'll get to hear every burp and uh, utterance from the uh, officials. Well, at least we won't have to hear any foul language coming out of the stands, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No foul language coming out of the stands. Yeah. So, okay, so Andrew, you say there's a split. I say a split right there. Those games will be uh, broadcast, I, you know. Liberty might do their stuff on ESPN Plus or ESPN Three. I forget, but uh, they they usually that's, do a really great production. That's pretty cool. The uh, what a, yeah. what a change of scenery though. Going from uh, 
Las Vegas to scenic Lynchburg. I'm telling I mean, you what, going from smoke. Sin City to the one of the more repressed oh, cities man. in the world. Oh man, what? A, oh. Yeah, where you get in trouble for being uh, in in the presence of the opposite sex for more than like <laughs> 30 seconds. Oh. Jeez. All right. Hey, uh, the other non-conference matchup that we have, Colorado goes to Utah. The, now, these are they're two WCHL teams, but these are not conference games. So uh, they're non-conference games between conference opponents, if that makes any sense. I, oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I thought about this one for a while. I think it's going to be Utah, though. Really? Utah for both? Uh, Utah for both, yep. Okay. Uh, Coach Taller and the Buffs won't like that, but um, what you're going to do? That was Andrew Majekirth that said that, Coach Taller. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna. The next two series are down here in the four oh five. The first series is the series in Andrews' place. Colorado State comes down to take on Andrews' Oklahoma Sooners. Andrew, sock it to us. What do you think? Oh, this is gonna be all OU. What are you talking about? <laughs> all OU. I, I I would expect nothing less. You know. Yeah, you know. I tried to save you a couple of weeks ago from making you know conflict of interest, making a prediction. But here I said, nah, what the heck. Yeah, so, no. And you yeah, just no. walked you just walked right into it. Thank you. All of you. Yeah. Yeah, all of you. Hey, but the, the the big series and it's it's only big. It's no bigger than any other conference series, but it's between number 1 and number 2 in the conference right now. Missouri State travels down to Edmond to take on the Broncos at the Bronco Barn, Arctic Edge Ice Arena in Edmond, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the season, Missouri State swept UCO up in uh, Springfield. And uh, as, as we know, UCO has a two-point lead right now over Missouri State. So this could have a significant impact. Yes, it could. On the uh, conference games. So tell me, Andrew, how is this going to work out, Missouri State at UCO? Uh, you know, history of this season tells us that it's not going to be a split. But, you know, I, I really think that uh, we're going to go for a split here this weekend. <laughs> All righty. So, uh, okay, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so Air, you say Arizona. my better judgment there. Going, <laughs> well, what's your worst judgment? If that's your better uh, judgment, what's the better judgment then? You know, I was going to I was gonna say that uh, UCO is going to take two here, but I, I really think it's going to be a split. You're just trying to motivate those Missouri State guys is what you're trying to do. <laughs> you're trying yeah. to give them some billboard, some, some uh, you know, bulletin board material there. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So here we go. Official predictions. Andrew says Arizona and Arizona State will split. Andrew says UNLV and Liberty will split. Um, all Oklahoma versus Colorado State. Uh, you say it's going to be all Utah against Colorado. And against your better judgment, you said UCO and Missouri State will split. Yep. All right. Well, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. I tell you, I think, I think, I think if UCO wins out, then um, then what that does is it means uh, they've, they have clinched the Western Collegiate Hockey League championship and we'll have to present the trophy to them at their like their next home game afterwards oh boy oh boy exactly um i think that's the way it works now if missouri state wins out then they take the i think they take a two or a four point lead they'll take a four point lead and they will they can clinch it on their um when they go on the road at colorado um, if they were to win those games. And then um, if they both decide to just wash it out and leave it as it is, 
Uh, it's a three-team race between Central Oklahoma, Missouri State, and Nevada, Las Vegas. Nevada, Las Vegas has four games remaining. They're at Arizona State, and then they have Grand Canyon at home. And so it could it could come down to that if Missouri State and Central Oklahoma basically uh, draw against one another, if they just split yeah. points. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. We have, we have a couple of interesting weeks coming up here, don't we? Well, one of us does. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of us does. I think. I think if Central Oklahoma gets a point, um, Nevada Las Vegas is officially eliminated. Okay. Um, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So anyway, that's uh, that, that's something to look forward to. That's kind of exciting. All right. You know what else is kind of exciting, Andrew? Listener questions. Listener questions. Hey, hold on. <laughs> I think we have. I think we have. Uh, here, let's. Do you, ha- do you, uh, do you have some segue music for this? I don't know if I have. Yeah. Here, I have some. Here. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> Ominous listener questions. <laughs> this this week listener questions come from the guy who even suggested this uh, this this segment. Yes. Lee Tyner from uh, Central Oklahoma, a, a huge uh, Broncos supporter, goes to uh, quite a number of the games, and we gave him some grief last week for suggesting the question segment, but not providing any questions. Yeah, yeah. And then he defends himself. He he sends me a nice <laughs> little message and he says, "Hey, come on. I yeah. gave Andrew some questions." I gave questions, yeah. And yeah. Andrew Andrew's just set me up to fail. So I think this is another OU UCO rivalry going on here, Andrew. Oh, where you were setting him up. <laughs> no? The, no. Well, after after we talked, I, you know, I had to worry about getting uh warm-up pucks picked up for the Zamboni to go out and all that. So, <laughs> so you forgot. Yeah, so I, I forgot what was going on before that, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, well, hey, Dr. Tyner asks a couple of questions, and let's get to the first one really quick. It's, do many players from the ACHA go pro or semi-pro? Andrew, do you want to take that, or do you want me to? Uh, yeah, well, I think we can both speak on that one, right? The, uh, uh-huh. we have had We've had a couple kids here at Oklahoma that have gone and dabbled with the semi-pro stuff and UCO's had a couple kids that have gone and dabbled with the semi-pro stuff also. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say there are some kids that uh, go from the ACHA to move on to the minor pros or to go play over in Europe Yep, in the minor leagues. Um, there's only been one ACHA player that has ever gone on to play in the NHL. That was Daniel Walcott who played for a, semester or a year it was i think it was just a semester at lindenwood yeah it wasn't long it wasn't yeah. long and then he he was on in fact he was on last year's uh, uh stanley cup winning team from the tampa bay lightning and he yep. played a couple of games for them it's not like he was a regular but hey he's he's there so uh, power yeah, to him his his yeah, name's on the it. cup so uh uh most but most guys if they do try to move on they go play in the some combination of the Southern Professional Hockey League, which is what would you call that, Andrew? A hockey, double yeah. A hockey. Yeah, A hockey. Yeah. I'd say I would call the Southern Pro League A hockey. Yeah. And uh, or the Federal League. It's called the FPHL, the Federal Professional League, which is well, I guess that would be B oh. hockey because it's yeah, not, yeah. it's more yeah, that's more I of mean, a pay to play professional yeah. league. Yeah, you're paying them to get on the roster, and yeah, yeah. maybe making. 25 bucks a, a week a game you know something if, like that if that yeah um now there are a lot of guys that go play in, uh, in a senior league that's around uh the the mountain states it's called the mountain west hockey league um the mwhl and that's in like mountain towns vale jackson hole i know yeah. there's a team out of that plays out of dallas there's a team that plays out of uh, salt lake but they 
that's more glorified men's league more than anything. Yeah, wow. Well, but there's some in those old mountain towns. There's some pretty good little hockey teams that come out of there, right? Oh, there are that Jackson Hole team, the uh, Jackson Hole Moose. Uh, former uh, Colorado coach Eric Ballard is the head coach up there, and his son plays on that team. And his son Mike played at uh, 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 Dakota College of Botano. Yep. And um, yeah, and they've got some uh, some former pro players that, that are playing up there. So that's nothing to nothing to sneeze at. Bobby Holy yeah. from the New Jersey yeah. Devils lives up there and helps out. So it's pretty but, it's pretty cool stuff, right? Yeah, most most ACHA guys going to play. Uh, uh, you know, if they play if they keep playing pro hockey, they play in the federal league or in the Southern Pro League. Uh, a lot of them tend to try to go overseas, and um, uh, they'll play in. Uh, there are some lower divisions over in France, yep. um, Sweden. Um, uh, there are some uh, lower divisions in in uh, the Czech Republic, and uh, you know they'll they'll try to they'll play a couple of games here and there. Uh, I, I've known very few that have made a uh, made a living. You know, they're yeah, over they, there for more than a season or two. Yeah, they just kind of hang out and just to say they did it, and and hey, why not, right? Hey, you pa- got the power to them. Put off adulthood for another year or two. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, go, right? Go, go see Europe, get paid to play, and go live in a country uh, where you've never been. Exactly. Exactly. I, yeah, I'm not. Go. I'm not running that down at all. That's no way. That's yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's what that is. And those and those those European minor leagues, they, you know, over here the minor leagues are just what you think, right? It's like five guys living in one apartment it's literally you know frat house type junk over there i mean they put kids up in an apartment um you know they do it right yeah they're they're in some sometimes they're in big cities sometimes they're in very small towns um but the small town um um well louis che who uh louis chase who i'm saying this wrong louis chakes who was on the WCHL podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, described the, uh, the 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 minor pro team or the semi pro team that was in his little town in France? The whole town comes out and supports them. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, these these guys are, are like rock stars when they go over there. And if yeah, come on, if, especially if you're an American, I've had a few buddies that have, that have played minor pro over in Europe, and it's I mean they get when I mean, a couple of guys said the teams provide a car for them to drive around while they're there. I mean, like sweet apartments, and I mean, take care of them to the to the hilt, right? Yep. That's, there's yep. there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yep. And then, like you said, there's some kids. UCO had. Uh, I remember Kevin Fukala and Tyler Minks. They both went and played in the Southern Pro League for a little while. Yep. yep. Played um, a year and a half. I know Minks played a year and a half or so. In yeah. The Southern Pro. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, and there there was a bunch of kids like Davenport. Uh, the year they won the championship, it was 2009, 2010. Uh, almost half their team then went to go play down in Pensacola, Florida, for the Pensacola Ice Flyers. So uh, that can be fun. I mean, get to go live on a beach and you get all oh. your. Come on, when you're a minor pro like that and you're you're in a little podunk town, you get all yeah. all the beer and all the food and all the women you can want. So it's <laughs> that, uh, that's exactly right. It's it's quite the life if you're a young boy. Yes, it's quite life. All right, you think we beat that question into the ground? Well, I think we did. I think we did. All right, and here's question number two from Doctor Tyner: How do coaches recruit, particularly internationally? Andrew, I'm oh. going to let you take that one. Oh boy! Yeah. So it, international stuff, it's that's a little tricky, right? And that kind of that kind of goes school by school, I would say. The uh, you know, I know we do it around here at OU. Where we have some uh, acquaintances made with uh, agents and stuff like that that the kids have coming over that are playing junior leagues and stuff here in in the United States and 
they like it here in the United States and don't want to leave. So then they start looking for colleges to go to go jump on, right? And uh, yeah, they're not called agents; they're called advisors. Well, yeah, advisors, agents. They're, yeah. I, I, it's it's they're the same thing, but for yeah. for eligibility purposes, they call themselves advisors. Yeah, yeah, tomato, tomato, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, tomato, tomato. Yeah, uh, and we've got a and we've got a couple that we've made um, good friendships with here with Oklahoma and all that, and you know, you just kind of they'll bring kids to the table every now and then, and you know, they'll they'll be up front and they'll say, you know, I think this kid can afford the international fees at the at your school or I'll tell you, like, I, you know, this kid's interested. I don't know that his financials will support it, but, you know, here he is. And uh, so that's kind of how we go at it a little bit. I don't know how everybody else does it, but that's kind of how we approach the, the international subject. How do, you, how do you approach just recruiting in general? Never mind internationals, just recruiting. Well, I would say so. And you and I have been a, done a bunch of it over the years, right? And it's. Well, we've done it one way, and that's why I'm asking. Uh, yep. Yep. And I still, you know, I don't. I can't do it the way you and I used to because we had a lot more free time back in the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, right? And uh, but you know, a lot of a lot of phone calls um, is what goes around, and just calling guys and saying, "Hey, you know, here's here's where we are, here's what we got." And uh, and I think another big part of the recruiting in the ACHA is getting one kid to commit and come in and. And then make sure he's having a good time and he's taken care of, and then he gets his buddies to come, right? And it's and it's kind of that domino effect where you get the first domino to fall, and then other dominoes start to fall in place also. And and that's a and that's a big key to this level of recruiting, also. Yeah, I think there's a couple of different mindsets, and it's you know it's you know how do you how do you drive a car? Do you drive it offensively? Do you drive it defensively? How do you? Yeah, it's the same thing for recruiting. Yeah, there are people that just literally sit in their office and wait by the phone for recruits to call them and trust me there are a lot of people a lot of kids out there who think they're better than they really are and they'll send emails around and they'll call places trying to you know generate some interest i i get probably i probably get anywhere from five to six emails a week from kids just blindly sending emails out so and and there are coaches that literally do nothing but answer the phone and they they don't take they're not proactive they're reactive. Yep. There are coaches who um, I think it's fair to say, um, uh, well, or, or whether it's coaches or other parts who go out and beat the bushes and track people down. You know, they yep. kind of have a, a they they have a mindset of what they want and what they're looking for, and they go chase kids basically, um, and they recruit kids. I know that when um, when it was my task. Uh, to handle that, I found I grabbed the roster of every USHL and North American Hockey League team that was playing, and I circled. I focused on every kid that was from the state of Texas, uh, the state of Oklahoma, and there was one at the time uh, from the state of Kansas. And um, I just I chase those guys. I you 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 call yeah, them. You got, you got to right. You know, and some and there again, some coaches prefer to work through the other coaches. You know, because hockey is a very small community, and yes, you, probably, it is. you probably know somebody on the other side. I chose to uh, I chose to go directly to the kids, and um, you know that's a little bit. It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, 
oh, you don't get the, you have to introduce yourself, right? As opposed to having yeah. somebody do the introductions for you. But I didn't mind that. Yep. Um, yep. Because I found and, that there were some coaches out there that would give me some, uh, some uh, you know, a whole lot of uh, happy talk and then wouldn't make the connection for me. Yep. Uh, because junior coaches, you know, they want to put their kids in the NCAA and they don't want anything to do with the ACHA. Yeah, because it's club hockey, right? Yeah. You know? And so they want to, yeah. and, and, and I didn't, you know, there's a there's a there's a, a system within USA Hockey where if you get a kid to go from your school from your junior program to uh, an NCAA program, you get a mark. You get you know, it's well, it's not a bounty, but it's like you get a, a a point. And if you get a kid to go to an NCAA D three school, you get like a half a point. And you know depending on how many points you get, your your franchise gets a little bit of money back from USA Hockey. So you know if you're good at developing. Um, uh, kids and moving them on to NCAA D1 programs, you're going to get some money back. Um, if you're in, and they get zero for put, putting kids in the ACHA, so that's why the ACHA doesn't get. Uh, you have to you have to really work to get kids there. You do, you do, you do. Yeah. And it's and some of these guys are are ju- have been junior coaches that are coaching at this level now, and and they'll rely on their relationships that they built in the junior level, right? Yep. And, yep. And they'll get coaches like, hey, you know, I've got this kid that's would fit your system. He's a good player. He's, he's sliding under the radar. You know, I'll, I'll send him to you, you know? And, and I know there's some guys that kind of live and die that way that that get kids and recruiting, recruiting is, uh, recruiting is wild. You've, you've, you're, you're chasing the kid. And meanwhile, that kid is chasing that NCAA dream. And, you know, you gotta, you know, part of, part of my gig as, as, as a recruiter and, uh, you know, it's, you're going to have to burst some bubbles uh, yep. because you got to lay it out there for kids that there's only, you know, 50, 60 NCAA uh, Division One programs out there. Yeah, they only have 18 scholarships per team, and they've already got, you know, senior, uh, well, a junior. That, you know, before this kid comes in, they've already got a junior, a sophomore, and a freshman class that are eating up some of those 18 scholarships. So it's... Yeah, there's you know, not a whole lot of Division One scholarships laying out there. Yeah, it's and it's not as many as what people that are coming up through the youth hockey ranks and the junior ranks think, right? It's no, nope. you no. Know, there's uh, there's more kids playing hockey now than there ever has been in uh, North America and internationally, for that matter, too. And you know, you got to get lucky to make it. And in, and I think where the ACHA comes into play is those kids that. You know, there's a lot of kids in the ACHA that are just as good, if not better, than kids that are playing in the NCAA ranks right now, you know? Yep. And and it's, you know, for whatever it is, kids didn't get lucky. They didn't get that look. Whatever it might be, but they're here. But I can't tell you my my skin crawls when I hear people that when you'll be out talking and people say, oh, well, it's just, you know, quote unquote, club hockey. And, you know, it's just ACHA. It's not NCAA. So it's just club hockey. Like, so you guys are just a make-believe, just playing house over there type scenario, right? Yep. And it's, and you know, I want to tell a lot of people out there that, you know, your your perennial top ten ACHA teams. I mean, you might even go as far as like the top fifteen, top twenty, maybe. ACHA teams are going to give any NCAA D three team a run for their money any given night of the week. You know, no doubt about it. And that's and that's the thing that people need to realize, right? Is it's. It's tough to recruit to this level because it's not NCAA. But when kids get here, they're pleasantly surprised at the talent level that is the ACHA. And, 
you know, you can't just take it as a, as a quote unquote club level sport or you're not going to be very successful. You know, you've got to put in the time and effort and you got to do all the little stuff to be competitive. And yeah. that's, and that's interesting. Right. And, and, yeah, yeah. The kids, I, I, I found that the kids were the best recruiters because uh, as, totally, you, as you totally. said, as you said earlier, once you get, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you're, if you know, the kids, kids know kids and they know one another and they know who can do what, and they also know who can't do what. And yep. so, um, they turn out to be your best recruiters and, um, uh, you know, they turn you on to guys that are, you know, in a difficult situation or in a, uh, you know, that haven't got, you know, are, are more deserving of the looks that they've, uh, that they've mm-hmm. gotten. And as you said earlier, you know, if you're trying to get a, a land, a big fish, you know, all it takes is one. And once you yeah, get the one big fish, one. the next year you're going to get three. And then after that, yep. he's going to talk to his buddies and they're going to talk to their buddies and you're going to get five. And next thing you know, you've got yourself after four or five years, you get yourself a roster full of big fish. Well, and you look at it right back when, let's just use Oklahoma as an example, when they were a major, major hitter in the, in the game, they were, all the kids on the roster were all buddies, right? They, yep. it's like you said, you got the one big fish to fall and then, and then he got his other big fish buddy and that one got a big fish buddy. And then, and before you know, you, you've got a juggernaut on your hands, right? Yeah. Well, you have the potential. That's right. You have the potential. So, uh, and I think that's obviously what's going on at, you know, Arizona and Nevada, Las Vegas and central Oklahoma. Everybody has an yep. established pipeline and everybody has uh, buddies. You can, you know, it's easy to see where, if you look to where kids come from, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. kids from El Paso in the Western States league are find themselves playing at central Oklahoma. And that makes perfect sense. Their coach, played in El Paso and has deep connections with El Paso. So, you know, and they're buddies and they become buddies at the junior level and they end up, you know, wanting to pl- go to college and play with, uh, and, play yep, the same and they team. Stick, stick together. Yep. Same, the same thing with Arizona. There's a bunch of kids that played in, in Arizona state. There's a bunch of kids that played on the youth and junior teams out that way. And they want to keep playing with their buddies. So they, uh, you know, they get them to come to, uh, to, to their school, you know, Missouri state, has a bunch of kids out of the St. Louis area and because they all played on their junior teams or their youth teams there. And they're trying to get their, uh, you know, their buddies to come play with them down the, you know, join the team. They're all, they all stick together. Yeah. It's it's pretty, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a lot of different philosophies, Um, you know, in terms of international, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, it takes a special talent because you got to deal with immigration and means and, you know, can they afford to come to the States and, you know, everyone's looking for a freebie and there's no, we'll get to this question next week, but there's no, uh, scholarships or anything allowed here in the ACHA so everyone's paying their own way and that's um that makes that makes it extra difficult for international kids especially kids coming down from Canada or from yep. Europe um but uh yeah there's but there's many philosophies you can you can sit by the phone and wait there are some people that do that and they have uh fair to middling success and then you there you have people who are proactive and i would say most of the top 15 top 20 teams are fairly proactive in terms of targeting and chasing kids i found that for every one kid that actually got to come to my school i needed to be talking to like 20 yeah no doubt and um uh but you know what it's uh that's part of the fun it's part of the part of the fun and uh part of why we do what we do and uh, you know everyone has different philosophies whatever works for them but uh you know 
recruiting is is definitely an art and if you're yes, good it at is. it you can get some uh, good kids and you, you can you, the proof is in the pudding look at here the western collegiate hockey league right we got six in the top 20 or top 25 um with uh, what top 24 i guess is what i meant to say so uh with central oklahoma missouri state vegas arizona arizona state and utah and i know that colorado grand canyon oklahoma colorado state they recruit as well so yep we're doing something right Yes, we are. Yes, we are for sure. Now, now maybe this podcast isn't one of them, but we're doing something right. Uh, here we are. Yeah, here, here we are, Mister PBR. Yeah, Mister yeah. Paps Blue Ribbon. The Paps Blue Ribbon of adulthood. Yeah, holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what else? Let's. So, so we appreciate those listener questions. We'll get to. Uh, he's he, Doctor Tyner submitted some more. We'll talk to about those next week and. Uh, if you have a listener question, you feel free to shoot it to us via um, email. Um, well, no, don't do it via email. Just uh, shoot it to us at, uh, at uh, via Twitter. Hit us yep. up on our DMs. On uh, Andrew can be found at Stickford AM, S-T-I-C-K-F-O-R-D-A-M. I'm on Twitter. My personal Twitter is CJP in O-K-L-A. But you can also send us uh, a message via WCHL pod. Or on Western CHL, all those, any one of those four will get you to one of us, and we'll, we'd love to hear from your questions. Yes, yes. Get or we'd out love there. to hear from you about, and we'd love to hear your questions. Yeah, we'd like to know what you guys are thinking out there for sure. So, uh, Andrew, uh, before we get out of here, anything else you want to uh, talk about or well, want to make fun uh, of? Well, I'm trying to figure out why this is uh, going, getting recorded on a Thursday night and going out on a late Thursday or, or early Friday morning. Oh, it's going out I, late what? Thursday. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what's going on there. What, what's well, with the delays here? The delay was we usually do these on Wednesday nights, but uh, <laughs> we, I was at the theater last night. So ah, two weeks in a row. Uh, two out of the past three weeks. Two out of the past three. All right. So, yep. all right. So we're all dying to know what is it with the theater that keeps attracting you back in, pulling you back in. What is it there? <laughs> My lovely wife told me uh, a couple of years ago. She said, "You have dragged me to all the sporting events and all these crazy dumb concerts." it's my turn now and we're going to get season tickets to the uh to the broadway series that comes through our town and and we've and so we did and you know we've we've got some we've seen some really great shows and we've seen some really stinker shows and uh last night was uh, a show that we got to go see oh boy well, it, it was it's, it was the revised sad. it was the brand new interpretation of the classic uh, Broadway show Oklahoma by Rodgers and Hammerstein and I will tell you Andrew um, without I don't want this to turn into the theater critic uh, podcast or anything but um, the newly revised um, uh, version of Oklahoma um, is kind of a stinker um, yeah yep they they have great source material the all those songs from Rodgers and Hammerstein come on I mean those are just classics right I mean that's why Rodgers and Hammerstein is so big with South Pacific and, uh, you know, Oklahoma and The King and I. Those things are just classic, classic shows. This one is, uh, they tried to get a little fancy with it, and it's just a, a dud, a stinker. They have some great source material, some great songs, and they just pooped all over the place. It was not very good. Yeah, see, that's sad. I thought, you're, I thought you'd be truthful with this here tonight, but... 
flying under the cover of your wife. So what, what do you mean truthful? I told you exactly what it was. I figured it was maybe uh, the men in tights running around or something. Yeah, I, I figured there was something else drawing we, you in. We so. did. We did not go to the ballet. No, I will. T- hey, come on, Andrew. I mean, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I, I mean, one, one of one of the one of the one of the uh, people last night was a uh, was a transgender uh, yeah uh, actress, and so you know it's there's there's not a damn thing wrong with that. It was all good stuff. Nope. Hey, nope. If they I, if they can do it, they can do it. Right? Doesn't it was, matter. Yeah, I, I didn't fault the cast at all. I mean, it was just terrible, terrible production and terrible directing, and uh, they they just butchered some classic source material and. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah, it, it really did. We've seen some great shows there, um, and uh, we've seen some stinkers. So uh, uh, last night was it was one of those Andrew where the crowd I think at the end was just like, "What did we just see?" I mean, really? Yeah, nice. I mean, and it wasn't just us. It was like the rest of the crowd were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that's how the play ends." <laughs> nice. So uh, yeah, we've seen some really great stuff, and so yeah, it's. Uh, oh, it, I, but uh, Andrew, to to, to to soothe your PBR soul, there, there are no more there are no more productions that I have to attend between now and the end of our season. The next production is The Lion King. It comes in May. Oh, yep. well, there and, we go. Yep. There we go. So I will be rooting for uh, for Nala and uh, and all the rest of the uh, the rest of Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, there you uh, go. But that'll be in May. There you go. How about that? Would you like to go? Is that what is that what you're asking me? You want to get out of your PBR? Uh, yeah, you want to break fast. the PBR mold, <laughs> and you want to come with the rest of all of us uh, tea tea sippers and pinky, yeah, pinky flippers. No. Well, I was thinking about it, and I'm going to have to take a hard pass on this one. It's a, Andrew. It's a play about a cartoon, The Lion King. Yeah, come on. Nah, nah, I, yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, Andrew, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, your your attempt to shame me has failed miserably. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyways, <laughs> you know, it was so, it's, uh, it was so disappointing because Oklahoma has such some great great songs. Surrey with the fringe on top, and uh, you know uh, they'll think we're in love, and what you gonna do? And I'm just a girl who can't say no never mind the, the classic you know the oklahoma song um but uh oh what the farmer and the cowman sh- cowboy should be friends i mean great 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 songs and man they just messed it and all just up. just failed you did they well oh, that's too bad yeah it's too bad so that's too bad so here i here we are a day late on the podcast and um i, I would advise everyone if they really want to go see a great musical uh, pull out their old rogers and hammerstein find it on amazon prime and watch it so all right, Andrew, let's get out of here. Um, yes. We appreciate everybody for listening. Again, send us your listener questions. Uh, we hope to see people at the rink this weekend. Should be an exciting uh, weekend of hockey. Could decide the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League Championship. We'll see. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Andrew, I'm going to hit the button. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go. Hey, everybody, get out there. Enjoy some college hockey this weekend. Take care of each other. Be safe, and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>